0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bus Driver Experience, the greatest podcast in all of reality. Well, really, we love reality. Massive reality fans. And thank you guys and every guys, girls, whatever you want to go by, want to be called, let me know. Welcome back on the bus. Episode 38. Um, we are sponsorless once again. So, Anybody interested or looking to sponsor a podcast, we we got it going on over here. Shoot me an email. Shoot me a line on social media. We'll get you on there. But if you do want to support the show without sponsoring it, we have many ways to do that. Simply sharing the show, liking the show, all that jazz, all that stuff really helps, guys. And I thank you so much to uh, everybody I've connected with over these past three and a half years with the show. Anybody who's reached out to me, shared the show. Donated to the Patreon, which is another way you can support this show. Massive thank you to all of you. And yeah, I'm going to keep going. We're going to keep this thing going. We're going to keep, I mean, you're either on the bus or off the bus. There's no real other answer. I can say I'm not off the bus yet. I don't think I ever am going to be. So we're going to jump into today's show. We have the Urban Barefoot, a.k.a., God damn it, Dr. Jeff Shube. Jeff is an old buddy of mine and he's the guy that's really sold me on the barefoot movement, um, which is, you know, just getting a little bit more in tune with your feet to the ground, <laughs> your feet to the earth. I don't think it's, uh, any more difficult or, uh, different than besides that. Um, you know, I've been walking around a lot more barefoot, um, uh, since I met Jeff and, uh, had him on a different podcast and, um, he sent me books, readings, material, his social media itself, and um I have a way more uh, deeper understanding of you know my feet, my foot health, and I don't think uh my entire legs have been this healthy ever, and I've been avoided uh, so much injury um, in my playing or sports career or just feeling feeling great and feeling healthy and jumping higher, running not as uh, the fastest but still as fast as ever um and the podcast we get into, we get into a little bit deeper. Um, as I say on the show, we, we wave past the dementia fog of not just footwear and, you know, where it comes from and why we wear it, but, you know, diving a little bit deeper to, you know, work, jobs, happiness, community, um, you know, the things that kind of really make up who we are as human beings and how we've seemed to have gotten away from all of that. So it's, it's, it's a show that we really catapult down the rabbit hole of everything. You know, we go right away from footwear into happiness community. Like I said, you know, work, jobs, being in touch with nature and the world around you. So um, it was a beautiful podcast that all, all shows with Jeff are amazing. Make sure you go check out all of his work as well as the foot collective. There'll be links to that in the bio. He's on social media. We're doing a little bit of giveaway. If you are listening to this right now, um, go check out his page and go like and subscribe to it so you can see what it's about. And without further ado, episode 38 with Dr. Jeff Shue.
1: Okay.
0: Brother Shue, brother Jeff Shue, aka Urban Barefoot. Dude, how are you doing, man?
1: Well, like I said, I was just going back and seeing when our original... Uh, podcast was. I was actually intending to go give it a listen before this one, but I feel like I remember it so clearly. That yeah, little
0: <laughs> that little room in Davy, Florida, yeah. <laughs> yeah. where we recorded that little show with uh Domingo. Man, there's been so many memories. <laughs> so many. Yeah. A lot has old- happened. A lot has happened. Not even just that conversation. Just I'm thinking about the first podcast, like when was that like October 2016 now we're coming up on four years um what a bus ride it's been I just had my first podcast guest ever on the last episode uh he's another doctor um dermatologist from South Florida um but yeah dude yeah then we even had the other podcast that you had set up with um who are those guys out of uh Canada the Foot Collective
1: yeah the Foot Collective that's right yeah wow uh yeah, no, don't forget
0: okay. that man. We uh we've had done a lot of of, We've had a lot of barefoot moments together. Yeah, I think about it. we did Runyon Canyon, Runyon Canyon barefoot. That that's was right. I have that photo of us like walking from uh <laughs> Runyon all the way to that coffee shop and I'm just still barefoot going down Hollywood Boulevard.
1: Yeah, once you get a taste, uh, it all everything transforms and I think that's a great uh great place to start.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always been a fan of the barefoot movement. I've always been a fan, um, you know, probably wearing less shoes. I mean, unless I was playing sports, but you were the one who really, you know, threw it at me full force. And, uh, you know, I really took what you had a lot to say, you know, from all of our conversations about it. And, you know, plus all the great effects I felt from it after, you know, being an athlete and wearing shoes a lot. Some days, you know, for eight or ten hours, think about being in a basketball camp and just like... I gotta get these things off, <laughs> especially if yeah, I'm not playing yeah. anymore.
1: The the worst feet I see are in athletes, and women, which makes sense because it's both people that have the most terrible shoes. But I think that what's most interesting is the I think the journey that you go on once you once you experience this barefoot thing, and it's you know going back to the Runyon Canyon example right you we had this experience that was very intentional we're gonna hike we're gonna do it barefoot we're gonna try this out right and then once you go through that and you come back to the real to the real world so to speak right we come back to the city you just reframe it just reframes your whole experience up, up front and you're like wait i just did this whole hike up this mountain barefoot why not just keep going to the coffee shop right it's like on the face of it, it's like oh the streets are gross but so what right and i think that uh that that's such a such a magical thing so i you know you you say you've always been a fan of barefoot i i don't think i could say the same there was a long period of time that i was you know into sneakers and collecting sneakers and i just like fell into that you know that that sleepiness
0: No, no, I wouldn't wouldn't even call it sleepiness. I mean, I was, you know, I was a basketball player. I was a sneaker freak myself, you know. I remember, I think it was one time in high school where I had just, like, 50 pairs of Jordans and shoes, like, just stacked in a pyramid on boxes, like, in my room. It was probably the peak sneakerheadness I was at, you know. Um, But, you know, even before, it was, like, you know, the feeling of barefoot. It was more of, like, a realizing and reflecting on, you know, do I need this many shoes? Do I want this many shoes? Like... You know, because you know you're playing for this uh, athletic. Well, for you,
1: it's probably great because you just you probably used to get shoes like gifted to you on the regular. You got the Nike guys come and and ask you whatever you wanted. You had the portal with the code, and uh, for me, I used to pick apartments based on whether they had a closet big enough to like a separate (laughs) closet for for my for my shoes. very DJ Khaled esque. Uh, experience Um, and I love what you said it's like once you take them off you wonder do I really need this and it's for me that's it was the portal to my whole to my whole life since then just you know that question like do I really need any of this Um,
0: no it's um, it's interesting especially when we look at the history of this and look at the history of shoes itself you know not just uh, you know where they come from but why we throw you know different piece of material around our feet. And I think the one, the, uh, what is it, the one constant or the one, you know, thing that we still use them or if they have the most utility and always had this utility, it's for protection. And, you know, I've been uh, a victim of this myself, you know, getting feet, foot injuries because I'm, you know, <laughs> probably running around too much barefoot in places you shouldn't probably be a barefoot, you know, like sandboarding or playing football <laughs> in the park, you know, and, you know, I've got, my toe cut really, really bad. You know, the point that, you know, it's cut down all the way to the bone and the muscles in my foot and I get infected. You don't think you're going to keep your foot for the rest of your life and you beat those infections. So you're like, ah, okay. I'm going to wear shoes a little bit more during exercise activities. So um, you know, what how did it become a status symbol though? Because I know if it's, well, utility has been the, imp- the important thing and the thing that probably the thing, reason you should still be wearing shoes, just shoes that fit, or bet the best for your health, but when or why did they become a status symbol? Uh,
1: That's a good question. I mean, I think, yes, uh, they, they first started off as a form of protection from really harsh elements. Um, And the truth is that even sort of, as I hear you speak, the, the harsh element that you were exposing yourself to might, may have been ego, right? Like I got to play harder. (laughs) I got, I have to play harder. I have to do more and it's not really the it's not necessarily the environment because running on grass and sandboarding isn't uh isn't really a difficult activity for or shouldn't be a difficult activity for a properly tuned natural human body the problem is that we've been in shoes for so long that our feet have become deconditioned and then when you add that, that desire to, to do more right on top of it, it's, um, it becomes a kind of dangerous recipe. So athletes frequently uh, message me uh, on my Instagram page asking, you know, what shoes should I wear for X? Right, basketball, soccer, uh, whatever, volleyball. And I ask them, like, how willing are you to find out how good you actually are at playing that, your sport? Right, because the- sh- the shoes that most people wear create the illusion of of ability that's not really actually there, and you see so you ask like, "Oh well, why shouldn't I if it's going to make me play better well, yeah, it is, but the consequences are pretty severe, and they're they're not ju- there's the short the long term consequences of how your how your body changes right over over time, meaning your foot gets deconditioned, your foot gets reshaped, but then there's also the short term uh consequences of injury and you know what's what what's what's really in it for you as a as a person when you're when you're trading off like you know maybe running a little bit faster jumping a little bit higher in exchange for you know long and short-term consequences
0: well i i know i know that especially running shoes i watched the history on that especially you know how phil knight who he was looking to develop this shoe um the the sneakers and the whole movement behind jogging like where it came from which is you know again pretty interesting that we we tailored the shoe you know like the the typical athletic shoe because people forget you know we're talking athletics you know less than 100 years maybe 70 or 60 years of you know development of this shoe a lot of the stuff that we have today like just didn't exist these weren't always like constants that human beings had to do or experience um so he was developing this for people who i believe they were like you know people that worked in offices and they had that slight raise in the dress shoe so he's like okay how can we make an athletic shoe that's as closely tailored to the foot of the shoe that people are wearing every day am i right there
1: yeah so ex- exactly they the sh- the athletic shoe was made to consider people who were already unathletic, right so it's like <laughs> yeah it's like well how it, american yeah, exactly it's you know i with all with all due respect to anybody who has uh who who has any debilitating injuries or any um any debilities in general you know I call the shoe like your first wheelchair i mean because Th- what are you doing? You're supporting a structure of your body that being a human body, as you support it, it, that part gets weaker, right? When you, as you try to support your foot, your foot will get weaker. So if if we want to go back to how sh- shoes became a status symbol and all of this is really a lot of this is speculation, but it I think it just helps people to really contextualize, um, this whole experience of wearing shoes is that, um, you know, if you think back in society, back, you know, thousands of years ago, um, uh, you know, the shoes started for protection, but then it started to become a, a, like a, a something of value, right? Like something that you had, to, you had to purchase or you either had made custom or you, and so then it starts to become something that only the wealthy can afford and the wealthy can have better versions of it. And then after that, they started to realize they could put a heel under it. And so only certain people of certain, um, you know, uh, social status could have their heel raised to a certain height. You know, you think about like royalty and they set the rules and they could have certain heights and then the toys, the toes getting pointy was also a symbol of status. It's like, I don't have to do hard work. I can put my feet in these things. And like, I am above, right. That's, you know, in, um, French culture in, I think the, you know, 16 hundreds or so, um, being, being over being overweight was a symbol of status, right? Like you mm-hmm. could afford to eat more, right. You could afford to, and it doesn't, it's just, it's all kind of backwards. Well, now it's funny because now, um, in the in the culture that we're in now, a symbol of status is actually that you're in good good shape, right? That's, that's the cool thing now to do. So it's being in shape. And I, and I foresee that as time goes on, uh, this ability to do things barefoot is also going to be a symbol of status because if you think about it, it is a risky activity now being that our feet have been destroyed by shoes for, for so many years and so many generations. So now um so it's a risky activity right so you have to be able to afford if you get hurt to be taken care of right so i i can foresee that this might become like a mainstream cool thing where like oh you know wow look at this person like they can go barefoot that's awesome right and it's such a luxury that they can afford to take that risk
0: yeah i i think accessibility is just like one of the biggest things it's one of the biggest hindrances in you know i think capitalism itself and like you know rising in different socioeconomic labels you know we we decided that shoes you know had some you know intrinsic value but also you know we you know created a market for it and we said like you have to have a certain amount of money and the person designing these gets to have these things except we you know which is not a problem i'm not against capitalism on that aspect like hey this person invented something sold people on the idea that wearing this thing is going to have some value the problem is, is, and I think we've seen this in a bunch of things in Medicare, Medicare and healthcare, is like with cereal, for example, I watched something last night, and it's like, okay, has cereal always been the most important things? Or, you know, now that we're throwing these advertisements with bright colors and all this crazy shit to kids, and then also now we're sponsoring studies to lean into our favor, that's where, you know, the, uh, the crossover gets, you know, kind of fucked up. And now people are like, well, wait, I have to wear shoes. No, no, no. the shoes are shoes are this shoes are that. If I don't wear those things, like I I look bad, you know? So you said it's like
1: they know what they're doing. They have all these studies and they have all these scientists, right? They must be making stuff that's good for us. But it's 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 actually one of the most uh, pervasive and least talked about um, phenomena of our time, which is that nobody knows how bad shoes are for them and they are and everybody is like trapped in this slumber of of just wearing shoes because that's what you do you just wear shoes Um, if you look back after world war ii um you know the government in partnership with big corporations tried to you know they brought economists in to help design a consumerist society and. (laughs) i'll I'll pause there for a second no 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 no. you're good you're good you're good i'm just fixing the camera yeah no problem so so they they brought economists in to design a consumerist society and uh there's a great video on youtube called the story of stuff which uh um i'm gonna call up really quick because i want to read to you a quote I want to read to you a quote that came out uh, from it that's a quote that's actually found like in um, it's actually found in like e- economics textbooks so this was the 1950s right they brought on these economists to help them figure out how to reboot the economy and the quote goes like this it says "Our enormously productive economy demands that we make consumption our way of life that we convert the buying." and use of goods into rituals that we seek our spiritual satisfaction, our ego satisfaction in consumption. We need things consumed, burned up, replaced, uh, and discarded at an ever increasing rate. So if you could just imagine, um, right? So we are now 70 years removed from that period of time, which is, really in the in the grand scheme is not a it's not a long time but basically we we can we're in a in a culture that was designed to be consumeristic and to literally quote seek spiritual satisfaction in consumption right like this is the culture that we that we were designed into and this is what we are this is this is what every single message that comes to us through advertising through marketing is based around right so we have this baseline of we need to buy shit right like and it's so scary because you talk about capitalism and it not being a bad thing, and I agree, however, when the components are corrupted, then it becomes a really dangerous system because I look my, my journey after, you know, since we spoke, uh, it's been, it's been quite a while and my journey has gone down this road of natural living, which includes minimalism, right? And minimalism is not, I don't have anything. Minimalism is I consciously question myself every day around the necessity of the things I have around me, including stuff, people, ideas, right? And so I have never been happier in my entire life than I am today. And I have the le- least amount of stuff I've ever had. And so there's this illusion that we seek that that we'll get gain satisfaction through having the things that we want, but that is bullshit. It's just such nothingness, right?
0: No, I think, I think it also happens in the, uh, to the fact that, you know, most of the stuff that we need to buy is not even just good anymore. Like it, it's, it it's cheaper. True. But, you know, I, I think it's not of the highest quality and standards too. And, you know, that even goes down to some of the shoes that we buy, like that they're just, you know, aren't durable or you know, they're, they're not long lasting. They're just, you know, like, like the the, the quote you always told me that they're just cast for your feet. Yeah. Well, just the, there to hold you together.
1: Actually the, so there's, there's a, there's a bit more complexity there because these companies keep out, keep coming out with new technology, right. And the new technology technology, quote unquote. Yeah, um, yeah. Tell
0: me more about that. That's because so, you always see like, oh, there's this new thing. And we, if you run on this track, we're going to get under a four minute mile in Germany with the shoe mixed in with the track that we designed. Like what, what are these new technologies that are developing and are they helping the feet?
1: Uh, so in short, they're not helping the feet, but here's the thing. If you are um, functioning within a society that values consumption, right? And that values having the newest, coolest stuff, your job as a company is to make the newest coolest stuff and at some point the ideas run out so you just start to make shit up right you just start to make up <laughs> ideas and they got the vapor max and the bubbles and the and now they have the little balls right in the shoe like they just got the keep, pump originally it was yeah, the, pump the shoe
0: keep, up to jump higher
1: they just got to keep making stuff up but here's the thing and this is something that has been um profound for me is that the natural you is one hundred percent, right? Anything beyond that is just dropping you off of your one hundred percent. The natural you is one hundred percent, right? Like uh, trying to add stuff, supplements, and it, it's it's just going to cause you to to drop your potent your your highest potential.
0: Well, like uh, you like you said, it, it, I think it really fucks with people's like egos and psyches, like because every single day you're thinking like. Oh my God, look what that person has. Why don't I have that? Oh my God, look what they have here. Why don't I have that? I need to buy that. I need that thing. That's look and at that, look how happy because, they are.
1: And it's only because it's only because we were programmed into that, right? We were designed mm. into that. That's not the way that humans naturally were ever um, until it, until we were like blast. I don't know if you ever read the book, um, a brave new world, but uh, uh,
0: yes, all Huxley, now.
1: Right. So in that book, the way that they raise those, all of those genetically identical creatures is that they just put them in rooms and blast um, uh, quotes over and over until they become ingrained into them. And one of them is really around this concept of there's no use in fixing anything. You might as well throw it out and buy a new one. And this is something, and so, you know, you talk about like, right, let's, let's switch gears a little bit here. into a little bit more spiritual thing, like you talk about traumas, right? Traumas, um, people think about as like, you know, major life events that really like that, that really cause them some deep wounds, right. In their life. And that have really shaped their thinking. But the, the, I, I think the more interesting ones are the really subtle ones, right? Those really subtle layers that get placed on you that are totally underneath your level, your, like your level of consciousness, meaning like, you know, things that you just got told all the time that you never even questioned. like, you know, finish your, you got to finish your whole plate or, you know, eat your cereal, right? It, it's those things, those little, those little things that are just so deeply embedded in your, and you and you don't even know to ask, like, why do I do this?
0: I've been lucky enough to have a, a good skeptic uh, <laughs> questioning mind uh, my whole life. I'm, I'm lucky to have had that, you know, where it's just like, you know, you hear those statements. I mean, I, I, again, I'm way more in tuned of them now, but like, you know, there's so many, like when someone uses the phrase common sense at me, I'm just like. <laughs> what do you, what do, what do you mean common sense? That, that's a pretty wide spectrum range of a statement right there, you know. What is what is your common sense? Well, or hey, eat this, it's good for you. Like why? Like what what inherently is so good about this for me? Um you know, because, but it, the weird thing is like you know, like you said, it hasn't been this long in history that we've acted this way, you know, this is only very, 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 like, I wouldn't even say recent history. It's just like, because history has got such a long timeline. And, you know, our part of existence on this planet is, is even like, is not even that long at all. Um, so, on, the, so even the on the illusion,
1: even the illusion that life has been this way forever is part of that construct, right? Because it hasn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, cause like you think about like how we've all been sold even in this such such short span of time of you want to say like the United States post 1950s um, through this boom that we had up into this time now like like we are just so you know the emperor's got no clothes on like this is history this is the world and this is how it's always going to be and I I think we see that with so much going on is that you know I don't even think it's the last gasp I just think like it's like we like human uh, the human beings in this part of the world at this moment of time have had it so good that we don't want to let go of how this has felt and how it's been, but it's like you just can't keep this going it, it, it's it's just not not even sustainable to the planet. that's a whole other topic like just sustainable for the psyche like the, the fact that these companies or corporations can sell you that you need more stuff that they're allowed to create a whole entire economy and market off convincing you that you need more and more and that you're so, always going to need more and more. It's, it's nuts.
1: So speaking, f- of, speaking of being stubborn, I quite, I wonder like, have we actually, have we really had it that good is two thirds of the population being overweight or obese that good is, you know, the, the, the fact that one in two people get cancer, is that good? Like, again, it's an illusion, right? We've, we, we, We've been told that we have it so good. And we believe that.
0: I mean, we're, like I said, I mean, it's so good in the smallest sense, in the biological sense. Like, we've had this many access to resources and uh, the longer lifespan. Because I agree, like, and you see everything going on with COVID and everything and people complaining, like, well, you know, why are all these people dying? They're not dying from COVID, but they are dying from COVID. It's like, no, this is, if anything, this is like a wake-up call for you to see, like, how, p- how poor of health. And this is no knock to anybody who's passed or knows anybody who's passed. I've had several, you know, friends and acquaintances I know who passed away from this, you know, around the world. It's to say, like, hey, you know, because I know there's people even questioning how these people died. And it's like, there's 120,000 more deaths than there normally were in the three months. If you look at the three months from the year before and the three three years before that. It's a matter of how did they die, what maybe early onsets of some kind of condition that they did have that's leading to this. And you mentioned a few of them. You know, diabetes, obesity, cancer. You know, one in two men. You or I are gonna get cancer in our lifetimes. Like that's just like a number.
1: It's not gonna
0: be, uh, me, so. not gonna be me either. <laughs> um, you know, one in three women, the same thing. And it's 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 just crazy to think that and again, we've I think the that is still like the animal part of us it's just like the under the fact that we have consciousness and we have an understanding of our world around us we have a little bit more uh uh cognizance in that sense that you know it's kind of like a trade-off we've given to say oh no no we're living a little longer ah cancer who cares oh as you said a third is obese like half is like overweight two two third we're two thirds obese in this country
1: I mean overweight or yeah <laughs> not not oh. I don't i don't know if it's obese but there's definitely two thirds overweight which is
0: I would definitely agree with you it's probably two thirds overweight and like at least a third obese because it's and it's like that's it's terrible and you think about you know again the extra cost that has on you know it's not necessarily people understand like we don't want to give health care to everybody just because we should give health everybody we want to give health care to everybody because we don't want, you know, even people who have private health care to, to grow the cost of what it is to to take care of somebody. Especially when you find out that heart disease is the, the, the main killer in this country.
1: Well, so so it's hard to to have these conversations because we're as, as a society, we're so deep in the rabbit hole that it's hard to have real conversations about, you know, the problem. Because so here's an example. Well, right? well
0: let's go. Go down. Go down it with me. We're here. All right. So people, here's, are, here's, people are tuning in and watching or they're gonna to listen to this later.
1: Take yeah. them down the rabbit hole, Dr. So, he, so here's the here's the issue, right? Let's start with um let's start with uh I don't know, let's go with just general health, right? So so health is our is each person's responsibility, right? But then we start to bring health care insurance into the picture. And what it does is it starts to externalize the experience of healthcare, right? Or of, or of taking care of yourself. Meaning, I pay all this money for this insurance, so I don't have to take care of myself. I just have, I just, something goes wrong, the doctor's going to take care of me, right? And so that's, so so that's a big, big problem, right? Because once you start to externalize your experience of of life, like, basically, everything starts to go starts to go crazy right in in your in your life and in your body, because there's a certain way that our our body was made to be. It was made to be, you know, natural, connected to the earth, uh, eating like only natural foods. I'm not going to go into any specific diet just to say that foods that come that are real, right? Whatever that might be, Um, that you that you were meant to move a lot, that you were meant to spend time you know, meditating, uh, you were you were meant to spend time being bored and being creative. Uh, you weren't meant to be stuck in an office for 10 hours every day. Um, you know, you were meant to be, to live with passion and to, to be, you know, present in the world at all times. And we just don't do that, those things anymore, right? We don't do them. And, and it's, and we think it's okay because we have health insurance, so we can just not do that and someone will take care of us. But it's just, it's, you know, why it's, there's, it's not a surprise that our, um, that healthcare spending is like the biggest line item in our, in our national budget. And it's just destroying our entire economy. Um, and then this something like COVID comes around. And if everybody would, had, had just been taking good care of themselves, this would never have been a problem. I mean, like in total honesty, if if our immune, if everybody's immune system was working fine, there would be, there would be no problem because, you know, we've been down this road before we've been down this, you know, pandemic road before. And I don't, I don't even, I don't really even want to go down that one because uh, there's so much controversy. And the truth is that there is no truth, right? Everybody is allowed to have their own truth and that's all that really matters. And it's not like the mind truth, right? It's your body truth. Like, what do you feel is right? What is it? What is what feels right to you? Mm. I, I personally have not done anything to separate myself from from society and from nature throughout this whole time. And I've felt perfectly fine. I know that I'm protected. I know that my, my immune system is there for me that it was that I was designed on this planet and for this planet and that whatever it brings, like, we're gonna figure it out together, and it's—I've been—I've amazing. I've been around people who have been sick.
0: Well, I mean, you've—you—you take care of yourself. I mean, you're very, very uh, um, model of a of a healthy. What are you? Thirty something or twenty something? Thirty-one. Thirty-one year old man. I mean, you're pretty, pretty. You dig in the dirt every day. You have a garden now. Welcome to the garden club. Probably the best oh. move you've made, right? Just playing <laughs> the in the best. dirt. I I have worms now. Like I I go uh, to. Yeah. The nursery at least once a week to get new things. I mean, I'm growing my own uh, cannabis. I got my first like plant like actually uh, exuding nice. some flower, and it's just amazing, you know. And again, it's like that little uh, you know, just connection back with nature. I mean, I live in Los Angeles, and, you know. I walk to a uh, I get a good park, two blocks away from me. I like I've made a new thing to once a week get to the beach, and longboard up and down the boardwalk, you know. And it that's been beautiful those, and amazing. How
1: important those are those moments? And we just, you know, we avoid they're, tr-
0: they're tremendous. And we don't, again, we don't put a value on, on those to people's health and their mental health and their, their overall well being. Um, I, I do think it's, it's a little tougher to say that, you know, if everybody just had a healthy immune system, because I, I don't know if we'd, we'd be in that place in this country. I think that's a big what if, but I, I do agree that, you know, there's no one advocating like, hey, why aren't you getting vitamin D every day? Hey, do you know that most of the vitamin D you absorb is going to be through your eyelids? You don't need to wear sunglasses if you're going outside for 15 to 20 minutes. Oh,
1: I love that you said that because that's also something nobody talks about. I have done totally away with sunglasses just intuitively. Like They're not natural. I've done away with them and I've done, I've been great.
0: Again, it's like another thing, you know, that we've been sold within capitalism to say, hey, you actually need this product. And, I've, and again, good good for the people that have been able to to make, you know, the Oakleys, the Ray-Bans, bravo, guys. You know, you crushed it, you're yeah. millionaire, billionaires. But, um, you know, unless you have prescription eyes and you, you, there's there's a reason why, you know, you're, you're actually damaging your eyeballs. You know, don't Donald Trump it. Don't just stare into the sun, especially during eclipse. Like, we're not saying yeah. that. But, you know, small things like that, getting outside exercising, moving your body, you know, our buddy Jeremy, you know, he, he, he guy just runs around town like a monkey. Now yeah, I love it. Like just yeah. complete movement. Like, but that stuff is so important. Um, I think one of the other, like uh, little markers, I don't know how scientifically it's backed, but you know, can you stand up and I want everybody who's listening to this or watching this, like, can you stand up without using your hands? You know, if, if you're not sure you can use your knees to stand up, but then also try and do it without your knees. Like, how great is your movement? Because that's one of the biggest markers when you get older. You know, if you fall down, people die. Like, if you fall down, especially if no one's there, you're probably going to die. And that's, like, I think one of the most interesting things about people at a certain age is, you know, their hips um, and their hips breaking. And then just even falling down, like, which is crazy. I mean, if you just fall down, you die.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, you know, keeping keeping that movement going, it's not about going to the gym. It's not about working out all the time. You don't it's need about, to be a bodybuilder. It's about doing the simple stuff, right? Like what if your bed was just lower to the ground and every time you got in and out of bed, you like had to like play with the floor. What if you never used chairs or you didn't use them as much? And instead you sat on the floor and in that floor sitting, as you got up and down to go grab something and come back, come sit back down, knowing the floor is not that comfortable. So you can't really just sit in one position. You're all, you're constantly, moving around in different ways, getting a standing desk. So you stand more having toys under your desk to play with. Like there are so many things to do, but again, they're all workarounds, right? They're all band-aids to um, not living the way a human was meant to live um and also the biggest construct is that getting dirty is bad or like getting dirty is, is i know man that's i think is, it's
0: the most important uh, one you just need to be sweating you like or like even like outside my house we have a little backyard area and we turned into a little workout palace and i don't work out with shoes on ever out there because it's like you know whether it's the dirt that's being picked up on the metal weight or the kettlebell like and getting that on your hands like And that has to do with, you know, the the microbiome of just like, you kind of want a microbiome of almost like a mile of your surrounding area where you live around your house. You know, this is, you know, talking about natural defenses and building up that immunity. Like, these are the things that you're going to connect with. If there are any, you know, if a a pandemic virus was even greater or crazier than what we're experiencing now was coming in, I mean, you want to be acclimated to the world that you live in around you. It's literally... Trying to be that in tune with it, I think yeah. it's it's really something um to dive deeper and look into um
1: well if we dumbed ourselves down to a computer, I say that because we are the most incredibly complex and like fantastic structure that can never be compared to a computer. but if you did for a moment, um the microbiome uh the environment, the connection with the earth, that would be data, right. That would be software updates. That would be information that your body receives and adjusts as a result of. Right. All of these things are data points that are being sent to your body for it to update and to and to grow. So, you know, getting in the rolling around in the dirt, in the grass, going in the ocean, this changes you in some way. Right. It it does. It's not it's hard to notice, you know, in the moment, but. If, you know, I, I talk about this all the time. Like if, if I take even the saltiest person out walking in nature enough times, that person will transform. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, does that, does that make sense?
0: No, I, I, it totally makes sense. And to uh, lighten <laughs> on it even more. I'm, uh, my ball fell. One sec. Uh, <laughs> to it on even more it's has to do with epigenetics and you know you may have your dna code your 23 chromosomes that you've gotten from your mom and your dad but you know on the cellular level I mean, that dna can change and can mutate and delve um and, and change and move evolve so to say to the world around you i talked about this with uh michael hinden my uh um my cannabis guy, you know, the cannabis consultant I've had on the show a bunch of times because he looked at that, you know, adding the microbiology to even the dirt that he's going to be growing his plants in because that dirt, even though it's going to be indoors, is going to have microbiology in there, microbiomes, and it's going to need to delve and change because that's going to make the soil even more diverse and give it a more unique thing. And even the biologist um, Scott Solomon uh, from Rice University, who I had on. We're talking you know, about infectious diseases as well as you know diseases moving into outer space and what would that look like <laughs> to our DNA? You know, again, you're talking about where you would go if you're going into space, you know, by a generation or two, if we were living on Mars or the moon, the DNA would change. I mean, first and foremost, because of radiation hitting. But like, I think the most interesting stat he always throws my way, it just blows my mind trying to think about it, that the farther that we've gotten away from Africa. So the people that would be, like, let's say like Southern Chile, um, or even like Alaska, like the DNA is less unique and distinct, but if you go to Africa, like the DNA of the people who live in Africa is even more diverse because that's where, you know, our DNA codes had originated from. And so it's even like, if we're going to go look and you know, and you know, they'll do this when they study like vaccines, you know, they do it on, uh, people in Africa like t- testing them because it's like the DNA is so diverse and so different that to under to, to build something that's going to you know cover the strength the strength of humans if we need a vaccine for something that's you know deadly that's where you would look at it that's where you would go to test it on and it's just like you, know, you think about traveling from the source from the from the cradle of civilization all the way out to the rest of the world it's amazing
1: yeah, so the way that your, your DNA gets expressed has a lot to do with how you interact with your environment. And again, so, you know, again, going back to this data and software updates, like this is the data that comes that you receive in, including, like you said, you know, the, the rays from the sun hitting you in the right places, right? This all activates and changes the way things get expressed. And it defines whether you have the potential to be healthy or not. It is not about how often, how often you can go to the doctor. It's not about what pills you can take. All that stuff actually decreases your ability to be healthy. And I think people need to know that. How like, so? Well, cause the more you rely on, on external sources of for health, the worse off you're going to be because it's just going to change the way that you approach life. It's going to change the way that you, um, prioritize your health even in the most subtle ways right like it's just going to take that much away from your experience of yourself and i think that's the probably what i've what i've come to realize like the biggest um disconnect in our society is that we've essentially externalized everything we've externalized our food production we've externalized our um, our ability to do everything, right? Think about the iPhone, like it manages your entire life for you, right? It, you even, there's even an app now for fasting to keep track of the amount of time <laughs> that you're fasting. And, you know, it's funny. So I, I lead these monthly, uh, it's called random fasting groups where we all get together and I just on a whim say, okay, today we're going to fast for 72 hours. Um, and uh I actually downloaded the app because I saw so many people in my group using it that I wanted to just like, you know, for me, I can never, I can't speak on anything that I haven't tried myself. So I, so whenever something comes up a lot, I just go try it so that I, I could say, yeah, yeah, I tried it, but you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I try not to rely on anything. And that, and sh- so we come back to the topic of, of, of feet and footwear. I don't want my feet to have to rely on anything ever. Right. I want to be able to, if I get caught in any situation, I want to be able to be able to move through it and be confident that I can move through it. It's funny. I, I think about this a lot. And I've I've, experienced this a lot these days is the more relaxed my foot is, the less prone I am to injury. It's not really how strong my foot is or how much callus I have. It's really how relaxed my foot can be. So if I'm not concerned, scared of my environment, my foot can relax. And even if I step on something kind of sharp, since my foot is relaxed, my skin can kind of just like tent over it instead of, you know, think about um a balloon, right? So like when a balloon is is flimsy, you can like poke it with something and it's not gonna break the surface, the, the rubber surface. But once you blow up that balloon and there's a lot of tension on the surface, you can just touch it with anything and it'll blow, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same sort of concept with your foot obviously there's much more complexity to it but on its on a base on a very basic level so what causes your foot to be tense it's your mind right if your mind is freaking out it's tight your muscles are tight and that's what causes all types of you know pains and and problems and and movement is that you you're you're scared your mind is scared and so it does it it holds you tight as a a protection mechanism but the irony is that it does the opposite.
0: So yeah. You know, yes, how- and yes, and no, I think that we, you, it, it's amazing and impressive that you can do this, but I know that a lot of people are that in tuned, you know, with their bodies to understand, you know, how their own bodies work, you know, and to, to get their mental state strong enough to control and, you know, dictate or at least handle, have the rest of their body handle those situations, especially high stress um, situations and environments. You know, I just don't think most people are at that place, but then, you know, on the base physical realm, I just, like we talked about before, I don't think people are doing the exercises or the, you know, the proper movements with their feet, their ankles. Um, Their their Achilles tendon. Well, I I think also it's, it's knowledge. And I want to go into that with you because I think, um, you know, especially the athletes I know, you know, they can't, they can't understand why I go out and play in low top Chuck Taylor's You know, if I do got to play basketball and it's like, you don't roll your ankle, you don't rupture your Achilles, like you don't do this. I'm like, no, like if anything, I got this nice flat, flat shoe. If I do need to play and if anything, my ankle is able to move all around the place. You know, I have to worry about something, you know, being held in one central location. Like I do my, uh, calf raises. I, um, you know, do my, um, hex bar deadlifts with the tire, just doing as much as I can. And then even like when I'm sitting down in this chair, I'm sitting in a rolly chair, but my feet, the arch of my foot is just constantly being rolled uh, <laughs> in the chair um, right there. I know you talked about like having those toys right there. And, you know, I think there's something there, like your body actually likes it because after you do it enough because of like, what is it? 7,000 nerve receptors that are on the bottom of your feet. Like they're actually just like, oh my God, touch something <laughs> like, oh, you're touching the floor. Like oh, it actually feels good. There, There's some kind of connection that the body has. But, um, yeah, I the biggest factors, exercise and stretches, definitely would be like the three-way calf raise, you know, pointing your toes out, pointing your toes in, pointing them straight. That, again, as a young guy, I've, I've rolled my ankle all the time. I never luckily had any knee injuries, you know, the Achilles, you know, the tendons going all the way from, you know, the back of that heel all the way up, Um to the knee but you know what are some other ones that that people can do to to strengthen those things because i mean you'll notice too there's the non-contact acl injury is like the biggest thing ever it's like the injury we all dread but it happens to everybody
1: well so and i actually got this um from a, a friend uh named seth minter who's called he calls himself the foot doctor he's uh he trains um mostly nfl players uh around you know movement patterns but he for he said that most acl injuries really are due to the fact that you believe that your foot is somewhere but actually it's somewhere else because you don't have the proper sensory feedback and so you make a move with the with the assumption of you know my foot is at point a it's really at point b and then that throws everything off so yeah, when you when you have all of this footwear and all of these layers between you and the ground, you don't know where you really are in space. Like all those sensors are sort of turned off. Nick from the Foot Collective, you know, often makes the reference of um, putting blind a blindfold on versus wearing sunglasses. And it's funny that it should be called that since we've had our dis- our whole discussion about sunglasses. But that's that's what causes the injuries when it comes to to what exercises to do. Um, you know. We, we spoke um, when we started about how far my journey has gone along. Um, and I'm at the point now where I've sort of realized that it's whatever exercise makes you feel confident in your ability to do whatever it is that you want to do. It really, really, truly does not matter. Um, whatever you think is going to make you do it like great because Going back to what I said, it's about moving out of the state of fear because the state of fear causes that tension, and injuries happen in a state of tension. If you can be loose, if you could reach this, like you know, uh, they—I forgot what his what his name is—but he wrote that book called *Supple Supple Leopard*, and it's this idea that if you can be totally um, flexible and loose—that's a great
0: book title. I can can already tell where it's going, but that's amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you can be supple and loose, you, you're never going to get, you're not really ever going to get injured. And I know that it's, it's crazy and it's, it's hard to conceptualize, but that's why, you know, this concept of fear being the, the biggest problem that we, that we face as humans, because fear drives everything. It drives tension in your physical body, in your musculoskeletal body, which makes you more susceptible to injury. So if you think about, you know, why drunk people never get injured in car accidents, it's because they're drunk, they're totally loose, there's no tension, right? They just like flail around and everything's fine, right? That's how when a little kid, when they fall, they just bounce back up because they're totally, you know, they don't even have a lot of bone. It's all cartilage, it's all rubbery. Um, And then also tension uh, or or fear drives uh, a stress response in your body, which causes you to to drive all these stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, which decrease your immune, your immune system function. They mess with your digestive system. It messes up your entire body, right? So whatever can, can help you work your way out of a state of fear, that is whatever, that's what you need. And I can't tell you specifically what that is because every person has their own constructs, right? So whatever, can help you work out of that fear is going to help you stay out of injury. And I know it doesn't, um, it's, it's sort of a a, a very um, uh, abstract concept, but that's, this is the world that we live in. It's a very abstract world and every person has to figure out their own experience of it. And the journey is about moving into the state of love, which again, sounds abstract, but and you can only really understand it when you're, when, when you're on that journey and have crossed beyond the the, the the barrier of fear, crossed away from that. But like, you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to communicate here is that I've, I'm moving away from the fear of, oh, what if I don't have the newest, coolest thing and oh, what are people going to think of me if I don't have these things, right? What is going to happen to me if I don't have shoes on? What's going to happen to me if I don't have that amazing job? It doesn't matter. Like we're you're we're all being you're, we're all being guided by our intuition, whatever it is. And you're going to be okay if you can move out of that fear.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're. You know, uh, we started off the talk like in a, in a way different place in terms mm-hmm. of like, you know, reflecting on society itself, you know, and, you know, it's not just shoots. You know, there's a lot of things that I think uh, we're we're moving out of the fog of the uh, what's one of those you know diseases where you lose your memory, you know, or, you know, well, we're, com- we're, we're, we're coming out of this dementia days like where we're starting to remember things like oh wait you know why do we have to go to a job why 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 are we told we had to you know leave the farm and leave the land we we once lived on in order to to go work in a city for somebody else to create this thing and
1: it's like you're the perfect experience look at you you're driving school buses around you're like living your dream you what you as i see one of the things (laughs) as that i was reflecting on before this before this call is like you know, you have this incredible ability to, to move and pivot and just and, and be and sort of live in, in, in revolt, right? Like like, I'm not going to do what I was told I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. And oh, that's thank you, thank you very much for that. Of, <laughs> that's the theme of your life. I, I believe, right? I, I feel that from you.
0: Oh, I mean, even since basketball. I mean, like, hey, you're too short. It's like, oh, hold on, maybe, maybe you're too short. Okay. Um, and luckily, I've able, been able to, you know, reflect on all that and look at it. You know, that everybody who even did say that to me, you know, it came out of a place of love. You know, fear, but you know love in terms of people cared about me. They didn't want me to to get hurt. They wanted me to to be happy and be safe and do the thing that was, you know, more guaranteed. So I don't even look at, you know, anybody who, you know, on a small level, my ego is still there. But (laughs) um, at the same time, like, no, like this is a thing that people actually, they cared about me. They didn't want me to get hurt. They wanted me to do something great. And I think that's just been my you know, my shtick, my brand, you know, my, my, who I am, my, why, you know, is, you know, even though we have this system right there, you know, that, you know, you got to have a job and you got to work. And yeah, I do all those things. Like, you know, I put this show up for free in order to amplify the, uh, amplify, amplify the messages that I have and the people around me have just say like, Hey, um, you know, just because this is a system at B doesn't mean you can't make it the way you want to make it. You know, I love reality, you know, like yeah. you, you can literally tinker and mess with a uh, grand I think a lot of people have different, there are different constraints around people's lives, you know, where they come from, what they look like that, you know, can limit their accessibility, but the accessibility is there. And if, once you tap into it and you find the way the crux and then also You find a way to exude that energy out to you know the people the world and you know again you find out what you need to to be and what you need to do the things you want to do in life and you know you just that's like another hard thing to do is like trying to figure out who you are what your values are because once you understand what your values are as a person and what makes you so you like that's even like a truth you got to come to terms with, <laughs> and it's it's not easy, you know. You see people, it's great, you know. As much as I, I'm I'm a fan, of, but not a fan of social media. <laughs> is that I don't I don't like the they they again another thing that sold us on what a community should look like,
1: mm.
0: but it's like okay, they were full of shit. They're not actually trying to build a community, but now how can you take the thing that they have and actually make it even more valuable? Than they even were able to use the power of the thing that they have within the internet. So how do you actually create that amazing community where you live, where you're from, people from all around the world to actually be a positive or impactful change um, to a lot of people. So uh, again, I'm, a, I'm just a, <laughs> a deep internal optimist and I can find the best things in anything, even though you know, it might not be the thing that I think has, you know, been a big detriment to society and, you know, individuals and personalities all around the world. So, I think think you you and I
1: both, I think you and I both is have have experienced amazing things through social media. And, you know, social media on its own is a terrible community building platform, but it is, it can be a driver for you to build successfully build real community. It's just, it's a, it's a vehicle. It's not a, it's not the thing. It's not community. Right. So like, you know, I am I, I'm passionate about natural living and and the barefoot mindset so to speak right I connect with others who are also like that and we then form a real community offline right we we you know we sort of you, you sort of converge and then you and then you break off of the of the platform, that's so, the most
0: important part. How do I make this real now? Okay, it's real because it's happening in reality, and you know the the connections online, but it still can't trump or beat the the human to human experience, especially the social beings we are. How do we make that even more tangible?
1: Yeah. Like where so, you're going. so, so what's happening is more and more. I'm hearing. I'm hearing more and more people talk about this about creating intentional communities, right? Creating um, places where we all all of us who who enjoy the same things and who think in not exactly the same way but in similar ways um get together and we find a way to to, to like do the real things like live together in a certain place and and foster a real community which is a group of people who are you know co-located and who create together and who just live together i mean it's it's so beautiful again like, and, and more and more I see myself moving in that direction through the foot collective. There's this concept of building a headquarters where we all sort of work and live together. Um, there's also, there are are other intentional communities around the world that are, that have been doing this for a long time. It's not a new concept. It's just not mainstream because the mainstream does not want you to do this because how are they going to sell you shit if you're totally happy and living in a within your group of people and all you need is each other and you don't need social media and you don't need to go buy stuff and you guys just you know and it's yeah it's, no
0: i think it's totally frowned and looked down upon even like yeah. you know the pat the situations i've lived in when i have like after like uh the south america trip like um live with an ex and then i you know after i broke we broke up it's like oh let me go live in a in a collective i want to be this content creator you know i'm gonna i ended up finding people who you know are producers and directors and audio engineers and it's, I, i've just always loved those environments it's like the the co-working space you actually live in and you know it's always busy someone needs something filled or something needs someone done and like even you know in the place i live in la like when I look at the studio i'm in right now you know you look around and just like oh i helped you know put this together when we all moved in and now there's a place to record my podcast. There's, you know, I've gotten into mixing music and learning on the different, uh, audio engineering aspects from music making to, you know, not just audio recordings and podcasts, like which I was originally taught in. So, you know, I just love it. You know, so it's why I do podcasts. I get to learn from people who have something who, who know a lot more knowledge about a, a subject or fact and to broadcast that. that out. And I think that's the dangerous part though, is that unless people are willing to have those conversations, like you said, you can be in the in the co, co-living co or co-community spaces, but unless you're able to, you know, allow different thoughts in, because, you know, like you said, now everybody's still going to think the same way, that has to be the difference. And that's just the thing I, I think um, that I'm working on right now is creating these community organizational events that revolve around conversation because conversation is something it, as, as the social beings and creatures we are, it's the thing we're doing the least amount of with not just the people we know or we're closest to or a lot family, but people we live around, like, you know, like the microbiome, like you don't, why don't you know about your neighbors and how they feel and how they understand or how they're going to vote around things, you know, that are going to immediately impact you on your family. These are, Conversations you need to be spending an hour or two a week, with you know, the people who live closest to you, and so um, organizing events like that um, here in LA to start happening. Once um, we can have a few people uh, getting together and then broadcasting them, just for people to hear, because you know we need more empathy. I think I posted some today. It's empathy in terms of we we got to shut up and listen, and then try when you're listening try and figure out why that person's saying what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Not just like, Oh, I'm ready for my rebuttal. I'm going to, I'm going to, get that libtard or I'm going to make fun of this racist conservative. It's like, no, no, no. Take, take a breath. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah,
1: like so that's not it. There's a great quote that I heard. It's probably one of my favorites. It says understanding means there's nothing to forgive. Uh, if you, if you fully understand the totality of somebody's life experiences, like you, you, Everything makes sense. Everything they do makes perfect sense, and you you don't have to forgive them for anything it it all makes perfect sense. And I love what you said about knowing your neighbors and what your neighbor, how your neighbors think and what they what they do. It's like you know, we move into places and we move there because of what we can afford, how much we like a place, right? Again, so 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 limiting, and it's never (laughs) really about who are we going to be living with. And so the beauty of these intentional communities and of i love what you did by the way i totally like that totally um went over my head as i was saying it like you 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 also created that like you you live in this in this beautiful place with with these roommates who all came together around a shared understanding or a shared vision not shared vision but shared interests and you know them and you get to know them even more on a daily basis and you guys create together and you argue i'm sure and you you know you challenge each other and that's that's beautiful that is living right it's not about always being comfortable it's not about but it's about being intentional it's about being challenged it's about growing with a group of people that you know and and we just don't really do that anymore like i we're living in a building right now and I, I have no idea who the people living next to me are, really. And I'm we're we're working our way out of this, right? This is just like a step on the journey from who we were before to who we are, we aspire to be, and who we're working to to be in this pursuit of the like an amazing life experience of love and, and connection. And so, yeah, I mean, it's I think it's really that simple, like how. How intentional are you being? Like, how much, how much, how much connection and love are you are you making in this world?
0: Yeah, I forgot you came out here. Um, this is like what, Jul- not last July or it was in the winter. Um,
1: it was November last year.
0: Yeah, because we got a good softball game in. Yeah, uh, we, uh, softball. We lime scootered it up all the way around <laughs> downtown. Um, yeah. Uh, dude, I got a longboard since then and I've just been longboarding it everywhere. It's why it took me 30 years to get a skateboard. I don't, I don't know why, but one of the best things I've done next stop. is a
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. I guess I got to, (laughs) Um, it'll hurt until
1: it doesn't anymore. Right.
0: The next move is a motorcycle. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of owning a vehicle, but you know, I think the, the chance to. These roadways out here, like one, like either go straight out of LA East or head North or even South. It's just like, oh man, so much good open road out here just yeah. to get on a bike and just cruise. So that is, that is the next, next, next step. But, um, yeah, I'm super pumped for that. Um, yeah, man, like w- we keep getting to it. I mean, this, this, what what was the disease again? The, the, the foggy memory, the, uh, start to the D. Yeah dementia i might have it um all those concussions right um this like foggy dementia you know again that we've been sold on that like and again i think goes back farther than you know 70 years of this great boom in the united states you know we're talking the industrial revolution like hey we need you to come work in these factories to start producing you know mass producing like you know goods
1: that you you also need to buy because we need to just fuel this thing that we're creating that we don't even know why we're doing it we're just doing it
0: yeah I, I don't think anybody knows why we're doing it we're kind of just like all running around like chickens with our head cut off like well, you we're, know we're just we're, like
1: we're fulfilling other people's egos if 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 you really boil it down to its essence it, it, we're, it's everybody feeding ego right so the people who own the companies why do you need this much of any, of, you know, money stuff? Like we, we, we really don't. And then you, I live in this, in this city and it's just like, it's like these monuments to ego and it's, you know, we're, I'm, I'm here. So like, I'm, I'm not, it's not that I'm, that I'm being a, a hypocrite. I'm really doing the best that I can to make moves out. And, um, this is just where I am. So, you know, it's a journey, right? Like, like i said earlier minimalism is a journey you just you know it's it's about being more conscious about what you have it's not about having nothing it's about just thinking a little bit more deeply about it and and usually that leads to getting rid of stuff
0: yeah how where in miami are you like what area and uh you live with the girlfriend now right
1: yeah right now in brickle she owns this place so it's you know this we we love living here uh now we have our garden right out here i have my my desk has a view of of the garden. It's going incredibly. We have we've turned the the, the balcony into like a, a forest, and uh, yeah, I get to see the whole city. And um, you know, it's it's just we're we're just making it our way.
0: Where are you guys planning on uh, heading out to when uh, you do leave the city? Or are you guys planning on getting home, getting out?
1: I really don't know. I mean, we have a lot, we have a lot of ideas and we've been looking at houses around the South Florida area, but then also considering, you know, what if we just go hop around for a while, explore different intentional communities, get to know them, uh, study them, find out, you know, what they're all about, see if maybe there's one that we really love, or if we just start to understand the components to, to create our own. I mean, we have a really beautiful community. And I say community, and I don't, I don't use that word lightly. We have a really awesome community down here in in Miami. Um, people, you know, very intentional, very conscious people that, you know, we get together and we, and we, we grow and challenge each other. And we, and we, uh, we knock down, uh, microphone balls together.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, no, I'm a victim of that myself. I, uh, I feel like I have to be in it in terms of like, you know, this is where it is happening. This is where life, you know, I definitely feed off the energy of, you know, the places I live. So, um,
1: well, here's the thing. So, uh, right. Again, it's sort of fear basis, FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Uh, But when you go out in nature, when you, and we just took a road trip up all the way up to North Carolina and we stopped in the most beautiful natural places, like the energy that you get from being in nature, Is unlike anything you'll ever experience in a city, it is incredible. Like, you just feel alive. And I'm I'm due
0: for a good uh Mexican road trip, like, uh, just hopping from different Mayan pyramids, like, you're in the middle of the rainforest, there's no one else there, and it's you in like the middle of the jungle. So, I'm I'm long overdue for a good trip like that. I'm planning on one like this weekend, just getting out leaving the phone at home and just like driving East or North um, spending the night somewhere, you know, cause it's like, you you got to get out. I mean, I, I think everything so is, many,
1: uh, there's so many great experiences and opportunities near you. It's like, Oof.
0: yeah. Uh, like I said, just getting to the beach at least once a week <laughs> has been something I haven't done. So, you know, just been doing that for the past two months has been, you know, been definitely more fulfilling in my life and uh you know giving me more happiness just to say oh you don't need to be working or producing or doing stuff all the time you know even the, the word producing you know it's like you have to be you know outputting things and if, yep. you're, if you're not outputting things like um you get a fear and a fomo because you know it's like oh i have to be contributing i have to put something out i have to put something out um and i think that's you know again feeding into the poor system of social media and you know creation where it's just like no you you don't have to do something every day you don't have to do something all the time
1: right so um, so i think the, the 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 i think a great um way to to sort of wrap this up is to pose the question like what is the place from which you are creating right what is it where what is that what is driving that the creation and i'm not asking you specifically i'm asking this as a general question to anybody who's listening it's like, what, what, what is it that's causing you to create? What's, what is it that causes you to move, to exercise, to eat a certain way? What is that source? Is it love or is it fear, right? Like I, I create and I share on my social media because I'm just like loving what I'm doing. I'm excited about it. And I don't create on a schedule and I don't force myself to do anything. I post only what I feel like posting. And when I feel like posting and that might sound scary to people like that are entrepreneurial and whatnot, but it's, it's, that's, I mean, for me, that's, that's living.
0: <laughs> Completely. Um, you know, it's, it's, kind of what I mentioned earlier. It's like finding out what your value system is and the, the person you, who are never the most honest with who we need to be is ourselves and until you're going to be honest with yourself, yeah, because you can tell people everything else. They're easy. They're, people, other people outside of you are easy to trick. They're easy to convince, but there's you who you have to convince and you have to trick. And you can't convince that person and you can't sell them that this is who you are, this is what you want to do and why you do it every day. And you're going to be living in, you know, just problems. You're going to be living in chaos. You're going to be living in, you know, depression anxiety fear and it's like right. you know don't do that to yourself and i could obviously say I'm a, I'm a victim of that i've done that to myself you know thinking i got to do this or do this or people need this and again stop looking outward to you know what society or the world wants from you and figure out you know what you can be for the world and society and that is a great note to wrap it up on. <laughs> <laughs> jeff thank you so much for jumping on please we need to be doing more shows, having you on whenever, uh, and doing some in person, hopefully might be coming to Miami with the bus in August. So, you know, hopefully a nice bus podcast on a bus. Um, but please let people know where they can find you, where they can, um, you know, I'm going to have some of those, uh, links in the bio to like that one sports doctor. I know I have a lot of athletes listen to that show. Um, but if you can say his name again, some books that people could be reading, uh, please, uh, use this time to share away.
1: Wow. Well, first of all, you know like i 've already said it, but you are an incredible um, uh, role model, I think an inspiration to people uh, to live live their life their way. And I think there's nothing more important. Um, your bus has you know that the idea has just continued to grow and and you 've pivoted with it, and it's just it's amazing to see that and so Thank you for, for, for what you do. I'm excited to, to see the bus here in, in Miami. Um, you can find me on Instagram at The Urban Barefoot. You can find me on Facebook at the same place. I have a YouTube page I don't really use that much, but you can find me there. Uh, send me a message. I love to, to interact with people. Um, I, I probably I have way too many books to list. I have a landing page, a website, theurbanbarefoot.co, which has uh, books, um, all the podcasts that I've done, um, and, uh, how to choose good footwear, footwear brands. And, uh, um, yeah, that's, that's it. That's all I got.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And dude, it's been a great friendship, you know, way back since, I uh, can't even remember where we first met or how Jeremy, Jeremy connected us, but dude, it's been a crazy ride. Yeah. Can't wait till we see each other again in person. And, um, hold off real quick i'm just going to sign everybody out for end the live stream thank you jeff and thank you everybody else for tuning into the show remember to do the whole like subscribe thing you know i don't want to say it but i gotta say it because it helps people <laughs> find the show it helps people learn from the conversations that we just had if you find them inspiring if you find them influential or if you learn something more importantly go ahead and like that stuff give it a share and go ahead and subscribe to the channel and check out all the amazing other shows that we have, whether it's on iTunes, Google, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, or YouTube, because you're watching this right here. And thank you so much to everybody who watches these things. Like, it's incredible. You guys watch, like, at least 20 minutes of me talking with somebody on average, which is amazing, rather than listen to it on your iPhone. So, kudos to everybody That Amazing retention rate you guys have. Um, and yeah, we have no more sponsors for this show. We're kind of naked now, so that's it, guys. You're either on the bus or off the bus. Find your bus, wherever it is out there, and we'll see you next time tomorrow with Danielle Gertner. Good show. She's she's ownership coach. We're gonna be owning some more shit tomorrow. If you want to check that out? But have a good one, everybody. Peace.
1: it is the moment for those who.